Hello everyone, Pam Dubois, Dream Real Estate TV. I am so excited to have with me today Julia Spillman from the Equin Gomes team, and she's the CEO of the Douglas Elements Company in New York. She's got offices in New York, Florida, California, and Texas. Julia, thank you so much for being with us today. My goodness, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So Julia, in the past couple of years, have superseded and gone way over a billion dollars in sales since 2018. Julia, can you tell us the one thing that actually took you over, I guess, as far as a billion in sales in those last couple of years? Yep. So we broke, uh, we were the first team in the industry to break a billion in total sales for the year. Um, that was in 2018. And for us, that's really when I say, you know, I'll talk a lot about probably today, like diversifying our portfolio. So that was the year that we really accelerated our resale team. We had our new development team. We started doing a lot more rentals and we started to really poke in and start our expansion into L.A. And then shortly thereafter, um, of course, Florida and then now Texas. Okay. So your portfolio is pretty much everything as far as real estate, not just like million dollar listings. Is that correct? Oh, it is. It is everything. As I always say, you know, we, we're real math geeks. We love looking at all the numbers. And I always say the numbers really tell you, you know, what you're looking for. So we watch the analytics of everything in our business. So, you know, if you look at the end of the week contract sign report, it's going to have everything from a $1,800 rental to a 50, $60 million sell. Um, so every deal is a very important deal and we needed every single one of those deals to get us to break a billion dollars. Yeah, that's so important. That's so important because you're actually keeping, you know, eyes on everything from the, like you said, the $1,800 um, rental to, you know, the million dollar uh, listings in New York City. What do you think the one thing is, well, let me first ask you this. How long have you been in real estate? I hit my 10 years with Douglas Elliman this April. And then before that, I was in residential lending with HSBC and Merrill Lynch for about six years. So gosh, enough to age myself, but I guess a little, um, a little over 16 years now. Wow. Wow. So you've brought that uh, experience from the residential lending into the real estate, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, but I which I think you see, you know, pretty often, I think two of the, you know, really good forays into the residential sell side, you know, as far as our team has been obviously having that lending background, but also having the banking background. Um, so that, that seems to be a, a real nice recipe for potential success. Right. You've got the knowledge basically. Yeah. For people out there, what opportunities do you think uh, brought you to the level where you are currently? You know, I think the, the biggest thing for me, me personally. So to give you, to go back a little bit, you know, I wasn't always with John and Frederick. Um, so I've been at Douglas Elliman just over 10 years, five of which I was on another large team. So I came to New York, gosh, probably about 11 years ago. So, you know, I didn't know how to ride the subway. I had never even, you know, at that point I had just done my own rental, of course, through the help of a, a broker. Um, when my husband and I moved from Florida to New York and, you know, I think it was always about making sure that I had the support. So joining a large team when I got into the business and really learning from them and deep diving and then, you know, finding opportunities to 
not be the same as all the top brokers, but to complement maybe a skill set or a need that they had, whether that was early on covering open houses or you know, something in the marketing realm that maybe I could add value on. And then obviously, as I got more experienced and had more under my belt, you know, how could I complement some of these bigger brokers by, you know, I had a real corporate background, so I could organize and structure things. So the first team I was on, how do I really kind of bring that side of the brain to the business, which sometimes is a bit overlooked or with a lot of top brokers, it's just a piece of the day that they can't add the hours in. So I was able to help, you know, my first team really structure, put some organization in place, put some structures and systems. And then when I ultimately started working on a project with Frederick and John, I realized that that was really a skill set that I could add to the table. So instead of trying to be a female Frederick Eklund, I wanted to make sure that I was adding value so that Frederick needed me. You know, he doesn't, he's a large enough personality and a big enough producer that he doesn't need another version of himself. He needs someone that can complement him to make him a bigger and better version of himself. So I really found that I was able to add value in that way. Um, Instead of trying to compete with them, how do you compliment them? And for me, I, I mean, that really was the ultimate key to my success, you know, now being the third partner, you know, with Frederick Eklund, with John Gomes, which, you know, Every day is still such a tremendous honor. Um, I learned so much from them, but they really have always treated me like a true equal, which, you know, again, I'm very thankful and very blessed to work alongside them. But I also think I'm bringing something to the table that maybe isn't a skill set of theirs. And most importantly, they very much are bringing a skill set and expertise to the table that I didn't have. So I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And I think if you really look at them and you really analyze them, you'll see how you can actually fit into that equation. Right, right. I love that compliment as opposed to competing, right? That is awesome. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. So one of the things that you did, what what I'm getting is you actually went into a team, basically, and Mm -hmm. that took you into how to build a team. Yep. Mm -hmm. So really kind of, you know, you know, and I don't, I don't think that building a team or leading a team is, is for everyone. And I think like, that's the beauty of, you know, just the world in general is, you know, so many people are doing so many different things. Um, but I think that, you know, it, you know, you can talk on this on, on two sides. So let's talk about newer agents um, and agents kind of like, again, in that like two second or third year of their career, uh-huh. I think being on a team is amazing. Um, I mean, again, I'm 10 years into this game and, you know, luckily uh, through a lot of hard work um, and luck, you know, I'm at the top of the game, but I would always be on a team. I think that it just adds so many benefits, but again, it goes back to that. You can compete with everyone or you can complement some of the best in the industry and become better yourself. Um, So I think agents early on in their career, I think it's really important to be around a like-minded set of individuals that can, you know, foster, that can help grow, mentor, that you can really be inspired by. But also too, again, you're able to compliment them because they're getting busier in their career. So maybe it's open houses, which you can pick up a lot of directs that can become your clients and can grow with you throughout the years. Um, But you add so much experience in such a, I don't want to say an easier way, but I think in such a more thoughtful way. 
yeah. then as you grow through the business, I think the team still serves its purpose in the sense of, again, having that same like-minded family. You know, as you know, this industry is, can oddly be a very lonely industry, but it can also have a lot of highs and lows. So I think it's important to be surrounded in a mindset and a culture. And as you know, we kind of say is, is really a true family that can really ride those waves up and down with you. Um, But also too, as you become a more senior agent, I think the team mindset is so important because you've got those younger junior agents that are going to pick up the slack on open houses or lower price showings that again, maybe you are graduating out of, but if you are smart with your book of business, you'll never lose that part of it. You'll just let someone else maybe on a kind of a team within a team service that book of business. Um, You know, we, interesting kind of talking about that. We had a deal this weekend that one of my agents is putting together and it came to them as a rental because, you know, another agent didn't want to service it thinking that, okay, well, I'm too senior in my career to do a rental. So I'm just going to pass on it. Well, wow. they got out in the marketplace. Then all of a sudden they saw some things that they loved. All of a sudden now they're a $10 million buyer. And, wow. you know, you, you just, I always say, you know, some of our most successful agents, whether they're three, four years in the business or they're 13, 20 years in the business they see a deal as a deal. And I always say the second you assign a commission to that potential deal is in my opinion, kind of like where you've lost it. Um, you know, if you really look at that deal as, okay, this is going to be a transaction in some type of way, is it a rental? And, you know, again, maybe one of your junior agents services it with your guidance, or maybe that rental then turns back into a $10 million purchase. You just never know where that is going to to flush out. And I think, you know, if it's a good relationship and most importantly, it's a past important relationship, you've got to stay close to that because as soon as, you know, and this is something they taught us very well in lending and banking back at Merrill Lynch, the second someone has access to your client in any capacity, you've opened a door that's very hard to shut. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so true because, and one of the things, yeah, I mean, even if that client doesn't actually turn into a $10 million um, buyer or whatever, they may have, you've done that rental so good that they may have referrals for you, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Open other doors for you. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is like, you know, going through COVID and everything, a lot of agents have found themselves like the market is really busy and it was a busy year really good and it's still very busy properties are flying off the market mm-hmm. right now inventory is great um but there's still there are people out there that are like stuck you know it's like you know you've got the ones that are doing great right now and you've got the ones that are actually just maybe stuck and not sure where to go what advice would you give to them i mean again i think that's kind of goes back to the team mentality of you've got these agents on these big teams that have so many deals and they have the overflow of deals instead of you know if you're at a place where you're not generating enough of your own business Go find someone that has too much business. You know, the story I love the most about Frederick and John and their partnership is, you know, John would see Frederick's desk and it would be flowing over of, you know, sign-in sheets from open houses and things like that. And John approached him about helping him, you know, really with the work that was his overflow business and really turning that into making sure like, yes, you've got all this business on the table, 
but what about all of this that could be business? So again, that goes back to you know my mentality of complementing versus competing. And I think there's a lot of agents. And again, we've hired so many junior agents in the recent, gosh, six months to really support more of our senior agents. Um, you know, so I think it's I think there's opportunities out there, but I think it's something you've got to really take that real estate ego mm -hmm. out of it yeah. and, you know, and say, you know, okay, I can be bigger and I can be better by doing this together. Um, you know, and if you can come from that mindset and as we say, really focus on the 1099, not kind of like, you know, the glory or, you know, the big flashy deals in between, um, you know, that's, what's going to get you to the finish line. Wow, I love that. That's so important. And what you're saying about the team atmosphere, that that actually is so good because that way when you have those down times, you, you have people there you can talk to because that happens so much in real estate, like mm -hmm. before the ups and the downs as far as, you know, not just business, but emotionally too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so you have someone there to talk to and, and you know, make ideas and, and things like that. And just, you know, just share, share your, your journey with them. Um, as far as your daily schedule with real estate, how do you start your day? Is that a, I'm, I'm a morning bird. Um, okay. so as I always say, you've got to kind of have to get ahead of everything. So, you know, one of my biggest mottos in the business is proactive, not reactive. So the more proactive you can be, the less reactive you have to be. So, you know, again, I know anything and all things can happen and there's so much of this out of our control, mm -hmm. but the more that you can try to anticipate and get ahead of, you know, the smoother everything's going to be across the board. So I'm an early bird. I'm usually up, let's say 5.15, 5.30. I box almost every single morning at uh, 6 a.m. Um, wow. That's kind of my, as I call it, my therapy. So I think Love with it. this business, again, being so much that you can't control, yeah. most of us top producers, of course, control freaks. So I find that that's a way to kind of like, let some of the things go. And then I feel like, you know, again, if you can kind of get that morning moving, and a little bit more on your terms, you're more set to be able to control more of the day. So if you get up and, you know, and again, everybody has different sleep schedules. I go to bed pretty early and get up pretty early, but I feel like I can kind of beat the day to its punch. So by the time something rolls in, I'm up, you know, I've showered, I've had a great workout. I try to meditate, um, you know, so I'm pretty on my A game and a bit, you know, maybe literally from the boxing in my defensive mode. So I find that that's the best way is to really, you know, work out, meditate, sauna, whatever your morning routine is, get that out of the way, because a lot of times that's going to be the first thing at night that, you know, gets pushed out and then really get organized. So I'm a big, to-do list maker. Um, and I like to actually, as much as I have it, obviously in, you know, the different task apps and things like that, I like to write it on paper because I also like being able to physically cross it off because I feel like then if I feel like the task has been completed and you kind of feel that sigh of relief. And then of course, you know, seeing that list shrink and shrink and shrink. So, you know, and then of course, you know, the day is there's, we have a lot of standing meetings. Um, of course, you know, we check in with our teams in New York and California in, um, 
you know, in Florida and Texas and stay very close to them. But for me, because I'm not actively showing, um, you know, a lot of mine is being pulled into things throughout the day, in addition to a lot of standing meetings where I kind of at more of a helicopter view or overseeing a little bit of everything. Um, but I think it's important to buffer those days. And as I always say to people, you know, even if you are back to back showing, I think one of the most important things is to keep connectivity, you know, and everybody always wants to say, well, well, I'm not going to reply back to this email because it's, you know, I need to really like think about it. Yes. But you also don't need your client thinking that you're not thinking about them. So every email that comes in, I try to immediately respond to, even if I'm in the middle of something, even if I know that I need to flag it and just say to them, this is great. I can't wait to respond tonight with a more thoughtful answer. I'm acknowledging that I see them now while they're thinking about it and while they're thinking, if I'm thinking about it, um, and then I can either, you know, flag it or put it on the to-do list. A lot of times I print stuff and mark it up so I can get to it later when I have more of like a traditional office time. But I feel like in this day and age where we're constantly on our phone, we're constantly connected. If you don't acknowledge a client or, you know, and a lot of times in my scenarios, you know, agents are clients. Um, I think it's a disservice. And I think, again, it's a lot of our, you know, our, a lot of our industry goes back to a lot of like dating analogies, because it is so true. So if I have an agent sitting all day thinking that, you know, their email is not important, you know, they're, if, you know, if I've got 80 plus agents, you know, they're the 80th agent on my list, just all that emotional connectivity that needs to happen in this industry. Yeah. I think it's just critical to be able to give them okay, you're thinking about this right now. I see you, I hear you. And this is when you kind of need to have this on your radar to get something back. I think that's really, really important. And I think it's a step that people think, well, I'm not doing it because I want to reply back with some lengthy, long email later. And sometimes as we know in relationships, maybe the damage of going down those like rabbit holes has already been done. Um, So I'm very, very, very big on connectivity, especially again, when you're running a team that's in four different states and half the time, I'm not sure which one I'm in physically or mentally. Um, So I think that if you're, you know, you have to have boundaries, of course, and I'm, you know, a big, a big believer in that. But I think that connectivity, especially with clients is the most important thing you can do throughout the day. I don't care if you have a hundred showings, there is a time that you can, while they're, you know, looking in an oven, checking out some kitchen cabinets, you can literally just send that flag it. And, you know, I think, I think it's going to go a very, very long way. Wow. That is such an awesome tip. That is so awesome because, you know, they say with realtors, like if you ask clients, past clients, what was the biggest issue that you had with your realtor that you used, they would say communication. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things. That's a gem. That's so awesome. Have you written a book, Julia? No, I have not. Maybe oh one day. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, you've got so many great, uh, I mean, advice for riddles that's actually coming on the business. You you definitely, that's a bestseller. I mean, you've got so well, much. Thank you. I hope, <laughs> maybe when we slow down at some point, which I hope doesn't happen. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it though is, you know, we did a session on this last year is going back to basics. And I think that everybody thinks because 
we sold a billion, then we sold 2 billion the next year, then we did 2 billion again last year. Like they think that, you know, again, we don't do the basics that everybody else is doing. It's like, no, 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 no. Maybe, maybe we're doing them a little more advanced or maybe we're doing them better in a design or presentation or, you know, whatever that matrix is. Yeah. But we, we still have to do all of that. And that's, you know, something, you know, you and I've chatted about as well is like, it, it, this game of real estate isn't how do I get to the place where I can sell one $30 million property a year? And it, it, that I don't know where that ever got started. This like unicorn myth of like $30 million property. And it's like, you know, as I always say, like we started zero from a production standpoint, just like everybody else does on January one, um, you know, and it's how do you keep year after year ranking the numbers. And, you know, as we started off the conversation, it's about doing every deal and finding, you know, a deal is a deal. And however that deal shakes out great short term. And then how do you, you know, multiply that long term? Right, right. That's amazing. And I love it going back to the basics and sticking to the basics, no matter how big you get in real estate. Mm-hmm. At some mm-hmm. point, you may have different systems in place, but you're doing the same thing you know, as when you first started, basically just keep Oh, absolutely. And just, you know, again, how do you make it a volume game? And yes, you know, when people think of volume, they think, okay, you know, that agent that does a ton of rentals, that agent that does a ton of $500,000 apartments, or hey, in our case, those agents that do 800 plus you know, that average around two and a half million, Um, you know, and I always say to get that average, you've got to have some lower price price, some bigger price points. Um, You know, not every one of our markets is New York City or Beverly Hills. So, you know, it's, it's always going to be, in my opinion, about being a volume game. And for us, the most successful way to grow agents is to take agents that already know how to play the volume game uh-huh. and then move up their average price point. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, you know, since I always joke, you can't add hours into the day, but we can help really take that agent who averages 500,000, 750,000 is their average transaction, or maybe it's a million, million and a half in New York city. And we can move that matrix up. Then they know how to multiply that by doing multiple deals a month. Right. And that's how you have success together. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. You're a wealth of knowledge. This is so great. What are you currently doing? Let's talk about marketing for a minute. Okay. Uh, what are you currently doing about marketing, doing for marketing, online presence? I see you've got a great um, website and your online presence. I mean, I Google you and you're all over the place. What are your thoughts? Oh, my sister gets a kick out of that. I mean, of course we were little girls growing up in Kentucky. And, you know, as I sometimes still see myself um, as that, you know, which again, I think is probably important, but I think it's important to really put yourself out there um, authentically, you know, which I think sometimes is, is a little challenging for this business, but I also think that, you know, press is super important. Um, you know, press is important. The social media presence is critical. And I think getting things out there in a digital way um, you know, we we were very fortunate in the sense of Frederick had such a presence online before the COVID days. So when we really needed to transition to being almost fully digital, we already really knew the recipe for success there. So it gave us the ability to really accelerate 
you know, what we were doing in that space, you know, whether it was our digital presentations, our digital marketing books, of course, you know, the team's Instagrams, you know, which we're kind of known for. But I think it's also coming at it from an authentic place. And again, as I say, kind of going back to the basics of really telling the story of the home that we're ultimately marketing, again, whether that's a million dollar house or a hundred million dollar house. Right, right. Giving it the same attention, right? Mm -hmm. Giving it the same attention. Um, any other information you want to share with us for realtors? Someone that's, um, you know, thinking about becoming a realtor, going way back to the basics. There are a lot of people that's actually getting in the real estate market right now mm -hmm. that's becoming new agents. What would your advice be? I mean, again, I think al align yourself, you know, with a team that already has success, but also to be willing to know that, you know, I always say one of the biggest disservices of if my own agents with me is the ones that didn't know me kind of before the days of being, you know, CEO of this team, you know, when I did, you know, oh my gosh, I mean, just, just laughing at some of the stuff, you know, the open houses, the events that I miss. I mean, there was a big, my group of friends used to tease me all the time because I would go down to Miami so much in the winter, then I would be on the 6am flight on Sundays because I couldn't miss the open houses. And, you know, they'd all be like, why do you get on that flight still? And, you know, because I needed to, and I needed to be able to prove that I was hungry enough and I was going to work hard enough that what I ultimately wanted, I could make happen. And I think sometimes that, again, when people look at, you know, let's say our team, you know, and say, you look at our Instagram, our websites or things like that, there's no way to really pull in the blood, sweat and tears of it still to this day. So yes, it definitely looks a lot more glamorous, you know, the property sizes, the photo shoots, the videos, but you know, people don't really see the kind of the behind the scenes. And I always joke so much about one of my favorite photos. Um, the one that was used when the company gave us our big icon award this year. Um, we, literally it was a dress off of the runway and my stylist had gotten us for us for the shoot. And, you know, I am a real estate CEO, not um, a 20 year old something model. So it was a little snug. So I may not have been able to breathe yeah. in the stress. So we had to literally, I had to like suck in, they would zip it, take the photos and we would unzip it. And I always joke, like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, these photos and this and that. And I'm like, okay, Yes, the photos look so much more glamorous year after year, but they never get easier. None of it never gets easier. Um, you just become maybe like more used to it yeah. um, and you figure out how to, to balance more. You know, a lot of times like, you know, people joke, you know, there's usually one of my earbuds in the photos or Fred, you know, people always say like, why does Frederick always have his phone in these photos? And I'm like, guys, just because it's a photo shoot doesn't mean that we're not working. You know, yes, the photo shoot is work and it's for work, but yeah. our clients aren't, you know, there's no out of office because Julia, Fred and John are in hair and makeup. You know, it's, it's, you know, you're just figuring out how to balance more just like everybody else does. And I think for us, it's, it is hard for people to really see, you know, Frederick with the filming, you know, he's filming both you know, New York and LA, but yet, you know, he has a full schedule of, you know, clients, agents and developers all day long, like the rest of us. So I think it's, I think it's hard for us to really put out there what we're doing 
behind the scenes. Yeah. It just happens to look a little bit easier and maybe more glamorous because we've all been doing this for over 10 years. Um, so it's oddly a little bit part of our days, but it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't make the days any easier. That's for sure. So I think, you know, as I always talk about, I think it's like the journey of the agent, you know, can go so many places. Um, and, you know, I think that's the beauty is you kind of get to, to create and define a little bit of your own path. But for us, you know, kind of going back to that, it's still a nod to the basics and we're still an intense volume shop yeah. that, you know, is just running a lot of deals at a lot of different price points. Um, and, you know, is is doing a lot of press, you know, in, in the meantime. Yeah. Two things that you said was really important along with all the other things you've said is, um, um, getting comfortable in the uncomfortable, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always. It's always, yeah. Just a little bit more comfortable in the uncomfortable and then being hungry as Les Brown would say, you've got to be hungry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that actually pushes you to the level that you need to do to be to do what you need to be you know to be to step yeah. in those um in those shoes to step into that position like you're saying with the open houses traveling you knew you needed to be there you were hungry and you did what what it took to be there mm -hmm. and it might be yeah and little but it, it it's yeah big. it's big right yeah you know and i think that that's the thing is you know it's even at this level like we still have to work harder than everybody else. Yeah. And that is the motto that we go in. And I remember a couple of years ago when we were, you know, kind of still in the midst of the expansion and every single person on my Instagram feed was in Mykonos, like every single person, like I almost had to get off Instagram. And I remember I had flown to California and it was like around my wedding anniversary. So I was like, you know, we were trying to celebrate that. I was trying to get California so we could go up to see a big client. And, you know, there's a picture of me and Fred um, and my mentor in the business who had joined for this trip. And, you know, we're, you know, flying some, you know, whatever out of um, Burbank. And, you know, of course it's 6.30 in the morning, I, you know, gotten ready at like five in the morning to do this like all day trip but you know the photo comes out and it like it looks like it's a private jet it looks like you know we're so glamorous and I thought the, I've got to post this photo but the only caption that I can have is not Mykonos because it was like everybody was enjoying it and I was having the most FOMO ever yeah but it's like no 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 I'm getting on this plane and we're gonna get this deal and yeah it's gonna be hard that like we're still not on vacation, but I think for us is like, and, and again, I mean, this was, this was two years ago. I mean, this was August two years ago. And, you know, at that point, you know, we were on the cusp of, you know, $2 billion. And I think, I think it's important to always, if you feel like, again, you've left the rest of your competitors, then you got to compete with yourself. And for us, that's why we pulled out of a lot of these national rankings is, we did feel like there was a bit of a gap. And again, we knew that we, we had done stuff with the size of the team and the amount of cities that other teams, you know, weren't doing and maybe weren't capable of doing. And we wanted to honestly just compete against ourselves. And I think like, that's, 
been really fun because again, it's taking us out of that, trying to just compete, compete, compete. And like, how do we complement our team? How do we complement each other as partners? How do we complement our developers and sellers? And I think that mindset shift has been really important to us. So we're not chasing this, you know, sometimes as we know in this business, maybe fictitious number that we all think, okay, again, we've got to sell this $30 million apartment or we got to do this. It's like, no, no, no. We've got to break the rules every year and we've got to beat our, our own numbers. And I think for us, you know, again, just knowing how, especially the three of us are wired, that honestly was the best decision we ever made. That's so awesome. And I love it again. Don't compete, just compliment. That's so important mm -hmm. because, you know, I think as realtors, there's always that competition and we are, you know, the type A personalities, basically that's ingrained in us, right? That's who we are. So that is such an important tip there. It's just compliment instead of competing. But we forget, you know, what the crazy thing is, is while we are competing, we forget that at the end of the day, we truly are each other's number one clients. And every market, yes, you know, some of the smaller markets do have more of a saturation of direct deals, but every market needs the Cobra community. So, you know, you have to find this, arena of yes you know we're going to be x agent or x team out at this pitch or this development but at the end of the day we have to have them as cooperating brokers and i always say like right. that's cooperating you know versus competitive you know it's really changing the mindset of all of that and i think that you know it, it's really important from a psyche standpoint because we're so driven in everything that we do um but it kind of takes a little bit I don't want to say the pressure because I don't think anything takes the pressure off of us yeah. but I think it's just it's a nice mindset change of like yes you know my records are going to beat you out in this house but I'm going to reach out to you to bring your buyers in before everybody else you know so you know it can't be as high intensity and maybe as aggressive as sometimes you know maybe even like newer in the business agents kind of have the perception that it is. And I always say New York is still one of my favorite markets to be in because all the top agents are, it's a very tight knit community, even between Douglas Elliman and Corcoran and Douglas Elliman and Compass, because we know how much we need each other, yeah. but also too, we really respect each other because we know how hard it is to get and most importantly stay at the top of you know yeah. the the food chain yeah. as far as in you know New York real estate and I, I've always really loved that one of the many things you know that I love about New York and why I was so drawn you know to the industry um, but you know that's just part of really the culture here is whether whatever we think of each other at the end of the day we need each other so much more yeah yeah, that's so true. That's so true because you're all in it together and, and you're basically all moving towards the same goal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the clients and, and you may not um, work on this transaction together, but you know, there's a transaction down the road that you're going to see that same person. So yeah, it's always um, keeping that golden rule in check, mm -hmm. no matter who it is, no matter how big you are, no matter how little you are, basically, it's always keeping the golden rule in, you know, in check, do one to others. Yeah. Right? 
God, this absolutely is an amazing conversation. I so greatly appreciate you. Um, you are a superwoman, as they say, and genius. <laughs> and I think you should do that book because you have got a, um, a wealth of knowledge, so many gems that you shared with us today. And I greatly appreciate Julia Spillman, everyone from the Equin Gomes team. CEO of Douglas Elements in New York City, Florida, California, and Texas. Anything else? Julia, please share your um, information. Do you want to share any information with us as far as contact information? I would say Instagram is the best way to kind of follow what, what we're doing. Um, so my Instagram is Julia Spillman Gover. Um, so J-U-L-I-A-S-P-I-L-L-M-A-N-G-O-V as in Victor E-R. So pretty easy to find and you'll kind of get to experience a little bit of our journey and then a close as lot as I say a lot of uh, retagging and reposting of uh, Fred's journey um, that I get to to ride along on across the way. Awesome thank you Julia. Julia Spillman everyone thank you so much for being with us and we hope to have you back my goodness. Of course thanks Pamela. Thank you I'll talk to you soon bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.